0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 23rd, 2018. My name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Happy to be with you here on a Monday, a great start to your week, I am sure, here on the Locked On Magic podcast. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore. OMD. I hope everyone enjoyed the playoff action this week. Lots to get to there. As I promised, though, on Friday, player evaluations begin on the podcast here. We'll start with Aaron Gordon, obviously a huge topic of discussion among Magic fans. Probably the most important player, most important decision this summer for the Magic. And so we will talk all about Aaron Gordon's season in just a moment. There is just a little bit of news to get to first. Cue the breaking news sound, I guess it's not breaking news, but it's it's a rumor at least and, 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 and the magic's coaching search has been kind of put on hold uh with the with the uh with the with Jeff Weltman and John Hammond over in Europe. You probably spotted them on Twitter. Uh well they weren't physically on Twitter but but there were definitely some photos taken of them on Twitter. They were at Luka Doncic's game Luka Doncic's games over the over the course of the week, they've, they've looked at a couple other foreign prospects. Uh, and so they're, they're on a foreign scouting trip, and so they haven't really done a whole lot with the coaching search. But a little bit of coaching news still did trickle out. In the playoffs, of course, only one team has advanced to the second round already. A sweep of the Portland Trailblazers by the New Orleans Pelicans has left the Portland Trailblazers in a little bit of a jam. In fact, in a little bit of a... I wouldn't call it a crisis or a uh, or uh, or um, kind of an identity crisis. I wouldn't call it that quite yet, but certainly Portland, a team that finished with the third best record in the Western Conference, a team that has been through the playoff ringer over and over again, and is in that dreaded middle zone that that fans dread more than than I think maybe teams or players do. But they're in that middle zone where, yeah, they're good enough to make the playoffs every year, but not good enough to make noise. And yes, they are in cap hell. And whenever you reach that point, you begin to wonder, is the problem the coach? And the coach is always the easiest person to change. You're not going to be able to change the players drastically unless you're going to get worse. So are you willing to change your coach? And almost immediately after the Blazers' game against the Pelicans ended, the rumor came out. Mark Stein of the New York Times reporting that that coaching circles and NBA sources are already chatting, could the Blazers fire Terry Stotts? Could the Blazers fire Terry Stotts? And if they did, Mark Stein reported leak sources saying the Magic would be interested in in the current Blazers head coach. Now, to be perfectly clear, and this is to be perfectly clear, Terry Stotts is not on the market yet. And in fact, Portland held their exit interviews on Sunday, and and generally it sounded like they're not in a panic mode. Uh, certainly a question that that should be asked of the team. How do you get better? What do you do after this disappointing finish to the season, this disappointing finish in the playoffs, not even winning a game? Losing to New Orleans wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world, but to get swept the way Portland did, that should create a little bit of an identity crisis or a little bit of a of a... Of a urgency within the organization. But all indications said we're not going to take, we had a really good regular season, we're not going to take these four games out of their proper context, and we're not going to make any rash decisions. So for now, Terry Stotts seems safe. Of course, you say that to the media, uh, and you say certain things to the media just before you you swing the axe. So that's not to say that it's not possible, but Add, an, add his name to the list of potential candidates. You know we've talked, talked about Jerry Stackhouse, Nick Nurse, Egor uh David Blatt, David Vanderpool, a Portland Trailblazers assistant who might now be available, Ime Yodoka, Becky Hammond, James Borrego, Daryl Armstrong. I mean there, there are like Monty Williams. There are a lot, Adrian Griffin. There are a lot of coaching candidates out there. So the Magic do have their pick of the litter. There are more quality coaching candidates out there then there are open spots. Uh, David Fizdale would be another one. So there, there are guys out there that the Magic might chase and the Magic might want. Terry Stotts is an interesting guy. I, I would argue that in his six seasons with the Blazers, he has helped them overachieve. He has always gotten the most of his roster. Regardless of who's there, regardless of the pieces around there, it always seems Portland outperforms expectations, and to me, that is a reflection of the coach. Terry Stotts deserves credit for Portland getting to the third seed in the Western Conference in a year that many thought they weren't going to make the playoffs, myself included. They do have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum to help bail them out, but Portland's offense has always been innovative, has always been very, very good. And while Lillard and, and McCollum can bail you out of situations, um, I don't think that I don't think that 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 Stotts is completely without uh, without credit for that. And in fact. I would argue the fact that they haven't really had an identity, a consistent identity, and they've been good every year, shows Stotz's flexibility. He's not rigid to a system. He will coach to who's on his team and get the most out of them. That is a good thing. His overall record in six years with Portland now, 272-220, and and 11-27 in the playoffs. The problem with Stotts has been he just doesn't have a good enough roster to get outside of the first round. Some would argue maybe he doesn't make adjustments. His adjustments are kind of more long-lasting and and better for the regular season. That's a fair criticism. I'm not saying Stotts is a perfect candidate, but he is definitely someone you should consider, and I think his track record in Portland shows that he could be good in the kind of situation the Magic are in. Again, a situation where maybe they don't have the most talent, but they need a coach that will get the most out of the talent that they have. That's been the Magic's problem forever. I do think there's a little bit of a warning there. Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are. Damian Lillard certainly is an all star. Lamarcus Aldridge was an all star in Portland. That is a safety blanket, a safety blanket you would not have in Orlando. And so when I look at Stotts, I'm still reminded of what he did in his first two coaching opportunities 52 and 85 in two seasons with the Atlanta Hawks, 63 and 83 in two seasons with the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think those two situations with the Hawks and Bucks skew closer to the Magic situation. They're more similar to the Magic situation than the Blazers. There is no perennial All Star. There is no um, there is no guy that that can that can bail your offense out the way that Damian Lillard can, the way that CJ McCollum can, the way that LaMarcus Aldridge can. And I think without that security blanket, I would be a little bit concerned and a little bit hesitant to go after Terry Stotts now. If he's a great development coach, if he's a great guy that gets the most out of it, I wouldn't be upset, to be perfectly clear. And again, he's not yet on the market. But you want to begin looking at these things. And, and this is how I, again, like I said during trade rumors, you want to ask, why is this being leaked? To me, this is a to me, why this is being leaked, I think, A, there's not a lot going on with the magic. I think there's some speculation going on. I think a lot of people a lot of people around the league see the Magic as a team that's looking for a little bit of glamour, look, looking for a reason to get people excited. And, and, and generally, when I've talked to fans, when I've, when I've gone through Reddit and I've, I've seen how fans reacted to this rumor, there isn't a ton of excitement. There'd be a lot of acceptance. There'd be a lot of, yeah, he'd be a good coach. But not a lot of, oh, yeah, I'm putting down money. This is the right guy. Then again, a lot of people thought Frank Vogel was that guy. A lot of people saw Frank Vogel as like, this is the right guy. This is our guy. We're excited about him. You don't necessarily need a coach with a name. But I think this perception of the magic around the league is the magic are looking to get good as quickly as possible. They don't want to skip steps in their process, mind you. But they're not willing to go through another five years out of the playoffs. They want to get to the playoffs as quickly as possible and then begin and, and grow from there. And as I've said, I think between Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and your draft pick, he at least have the outlines of something where maybe it's not a five year rebuild. It's maybe a two or three year rebuild to get back into the playoffs. I mean, you never know. Maybe someone takes the leap. So, to me, the rumor is, is out here now because uh, of that perception. But I also look at this rumor and say, okay, l- l- let me attack this rumor. Let me attack this thought exercise. What do I like about stocks What don't I like about stocks And how can that tell me what I want in a head coach? And I'll maybe get into this a little bit more about what I'm looking for in a head coach, but... You know, I, 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 when I broke down Vogel last week, I said, you know, I, I just didn't feel like he got the most out of his team. I don't feel like he got the proper motivation. I don't feel like he really connected with the players or or made the adjustments quick enough. And it was just a misshapen roster, too. It, was, it, it felt like his style was out of, out of date. Stotts plays a style that, that fits the modern NBA. He's, he's able to adapt. He's able to make all those changes but I'm concerned that he can't succeed without that security blanket. So I've really, i I've really focused in on finding a development coach, a guy who's going to be able to help young players grow. And maybe Stotts is that guy. I, I don't really know, and I'd have to ask some Portland people a little bit more about that situation. But again, take all these rumors that you're going to hear over the next couple of, couple of weeks with some grains of salt and ask, why is this being leaked? What does this tell us? And then ask yourself as you react to it, okay, this is how I feel about this specific rumor. Who knows if it's true. Why am I having this reaction? What am I really looking for? Put yourself in the magic shoes for what you want for this team. And of course, that'll help you kind of develop that that sense for where the Magic are headed next. So definitely keep all that in mind. We'll have, I'm sure there will be plenty more rumors to come as the offseason develops as we get here into uh, the remainder of, of the offseason and, and this coaching search, which will certainly pick up this week. I expect to hear a little bit more coming out soon. As I promised this week, we're going to start player evaluations. I promise that not every day will be one player. Uh, We'll we'll try and get through them quickly here. As we get to the offseason, there'll be a player evaluation up every single day on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Did some over the weekend. I'm hitting everybody. I know some people were a little bit confused why I did a player evaluation for Alfred Payton. He played for the Magic this year. I'm going to hit everybody. I did one for Jamel Artis. I did one for Aaron Aflalo. We're going to hit everybody. Uh, So uh, I won't talk about everyone on the podcast, so definitely check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com for a little bit more. But I wanted to kick off this week and kick off uh, our formal player evaluation series with the guy who's probably the most important player on the team. And and let's just be completely clear that it is Aaron Gordon, both for the future prospects of of him as a player and, and, and what he means to this franchise, and yes, for what he did this year. Aaron Gordon had a breakout year. It, how, I, I know some people want to define breakout in different ways. But Aaron Gordon certainly had a breakout year. It wasn't a perfect year. No, not by any stretch of the imagination. There are plenty of arguments for why it is not. it was not a perfect year for Aaron Gordon. And it wasn't a perfect year. But it was the kind of year that Aaron Gordon needed, probably a year ago. And the kind that he can continue to build and grow from. The Aaron Gordon we saw this year began looking like a star. I'm not saying he is one. And we went through this argument with Victor Oladipo two years ago. But Gordon seemed to, make, to have that, that light switch turn on. Where he really began to discover, oh, I not only can I play in this league. I can be a really good player in this league. I can be one of the best players in this league. Well, maybe not the best players, but an all-star caliber player. And you saw those wheels churn throughout the year. Early on in the season, it was buoyed by uh, some outstanding shooting. Aaron Gordon was incredible from beyond the arc. He shot 33.6% from the floor for the entire season, but was outstanding in his first 25 games. First 25 games, Gordon averaged 18.5 points per game, 49.2% from the floor, 40.1% from beyond the arc. We all knew that wasn't sustainable, but that was all star Aaron Gordon. Eight and four record was gone by then. There were eight and 13, eight and, you know, nine and 14, whatever it was. It was gone by the start was gone by then, but Gordon was putting in points. This is a guy who would score thirty points regularly, dropped to forty point games for the first time in his career. Gordon took a huge leap in his game this year, adding that three point shot even at thirty three percent was such a huge step forward. It was such a confidence boost for him that with the Magic playing at a faster pace, with him playing in his more natural position he was able to succeed at a much higher level. We saw Aaron Gordon, the quote-unquote all-star, throughout the year. It wasn't every night, but he was getting there. And by far to me, he was the best player on the court. Led the team in total points scored, not in scoring thanks to the average dropping below Evan Fournier on the last night of the season. But I think you can clearly say he was the team's MVP all year. That doesn't mean he wasn't without flaw. While his three-point shot was better, while he was still great in transition, while he really upped his game in every facet, he still had his difficulties. After suffering a concussion uh, and, and, and some various injuries throughout the year, his final 32 games, he shot, he scored 17.1 points per game. So the volume of scoring was there. The raw scoring numbers were always there. But in those final 32 games, he shot 39.7% from the floor and just 29% from beyond the arc. The hot shooting was gone. Some of that because the Magic were still hurt and relying on Gordon much more. Some of that because defenses put him higher on the scouting report. And others... Reasons because it was Gordon, because it was Gordon trying to do too much. We talked about it several times on the show throughout the season. I describe it this way. It felt like Gordon was trying to be what he thinks a star should be, rather than playing his game. When Gordon attacked quickly, made quick decisions, and moved the ball, he was effective because the ball would find its way back to him for an open shot, or he would find an open space to cut and get to the basket. Or he would drive and make a quick jumper. He had a, de- he had a de- His pull-up jumper wasn't efficient, but it was decent. You had to respect it. Where Gordon got himself into trouble was when he tried dribble move one and it failed. Then tried dribble move two. Then dribble move three. Or dribble move one, failed, dribble two was turned into a fadeaway jumper. Gordon tried to be Kobe Bryant for lack of a better term. And that's not his game that's not who he is. Gordon still has to develop this notion of who he is as a star. If he wants to become one. And I th- and I took it throughout the year as growing pains. I took it throughout the year as someone who's still trying to figure out his place and figure out himself in this in this big league. A guy who hasn't always been able to do this. And so the wheels are turning for Gordon. I, I don't think we can deny that. They are turning. And another healthy summer should make him better. He was a better passer all year. He was a better shooter all year. He was a better scorer all year. He was someone that the Magic could entrust the offense to. But he still has growing pains to go. He's still a 22-year-old player. And so while he struggled to end the season, while teams got wise to his act, Gordon has to improve his shot selection. Gordon has to focus on his own game and get better at some of these things that that fell off toward the end of the season if he wants to be that great player he clearly thinks he is. Of course, that comes with a decision first. The Magic do have his rights in restricted free agency and I see no reason why you don't bring him back. Maybe it's me learning a lesson from Victor Oladipo. Maybe it's, uh, maybe you know. Certainly, I will admit that that I'm probably learning a lesson from Victor Oladipo and and bending the other way on this when I bent, you know, against paying Oladipo that year. Certainly, hindsight would tell you that that Oladipo was, would have been worth the investment that I was afraid to give him. Gordon said at exit interviews that that he believes he's a max player, and I don't think he's a max player. If the market says he's a max player, he's a max player. But I don't think that's quite where he's going to land. I think he'll land somewhere probably 20 to $22 million per year. And I think the Magic will give it to him. But Orlando has to be absolutely sure that he is their guy. They have to be willing to make that commitment to him right here, right now, if they want to keep him. Do they believe that he will continue to grow That he will continue to get better at those things that he struggled with so much toward the end of the season. Those are the big questions with Aaron Gordon. And obviously they're questions the Magic will have to answer because Aaron Gordon is the summer. The Magic don't have cap room until they deal with Aaron Gordon. And when they do deal with Aaron Gordon, if they keep him, they don't have cap room. They let him go. They got roughly... $13, $14 million of room. I don't think it's 100% that they keep Gordon, but I do think it's a fairly certain percent that they will. But overall, when you look back at Gordon's season, you you can get frustrated with some of the growing pains. But I really do believe they are just growing pains. When I look at Gordon's season, I look at a player who clearly was trying to define himself a little bit more. And turn potential into kinetic, to use the science reference. They was turning the potential energy of his athleticism, of his his skills, into the kinetic energy of Aaron Gordon. Of a player who can have a defined role in this league. Who can potentially be a borderline all-star. One day. Maybe one day soon. And for that reason, I think Aaron Gordon had a successful season. I think I gave him a B or B-plus on my final grade. He was someone that the Magic came to rely on a whole lot. And someone that made the team better in the end, I have to say. There are still lots of reasons to be frustrated with Aaron Gordon. There's still lots of questions to have. If you're not on the Aaron Gordon bandwagon, you are completely justified in doing so. But when you look back at this season, the work Aaron Gordon did was very strong. It was groundbreaking for him in his career. And so now, now we will see where Aaron goes next. And hopefully it'll be in a Magic uniform. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can, of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd and of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including our latest player evaluation on Nikola Vucevic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be talking about that one in just a few short days, I am sure. The Orlando Magic Daily mailbag is officially open. You can submit your questions to me to have them answered on orlandomagicdaily.com as well as possibly here on the podcast. Send them to me at omagicdaily at gmail.com. That's the best way to contact the show directly. Or you can send them to me on Twitter at omagicdaily or at Locked on magic. Should be also doing another fan QA with Stuart pretty soon. So feel free to submit your questions for that too. We'll be talking about what direction the magic go next. Now that we've done our season recap, we've done, we've looked back, we've looked back. We'll look ahead next time uh, that we have Stuart on. So if you want to submit questions to me or Stuart, you can do so at Locked On Magic on Twitter or of course via email at omagicdaily uh, at gmail.com. That's gonna do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossmanreich. Reich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.